The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. So excited to be here again with Dr. Doreen Grampy-Shea. And we are celebrating autism, the, the month of A's, where I'm just calling it the month of A's, Dr. Grampy-Shea, because it's autism awareness, acceptance, access, uh, you name it, all of the A's, right? Action as well. So all of, all of, yes. Uh, so all of these wonderful things. And uh, one of the things that Dr. Doreen asked us to do during this month was to recognize people who have been in this field working side by side with her for over two decades. I mean, that's just not a small thing. When you are someone who can be working in this field, helping individuals and families for two decades, it's kind of a crazy good thing. So Dr. Grampichet had some folks that she wanted us to feature here on the show, and we're thrilled and excited to be able to do this. This is, after all, in addition to all of those A's we were talking about, this is your birthday month, Dr. Grampichet. Uh, so yes, saying, it is. And we're Not saying a very happy reminded of, but thank you, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Although no one would have any idea. I, I always like to say that you've been working in this field for how many years because you don't even look as old as how many years you've been working in this field. Uh, and how many years is that, Dr. Grampiche? It is uh, 41 years this year, right? 41 years. Is that right? So, so you were doing that from the womb because yeah. you don't even look 41. So that doesn't make any sense. No one can do the math. Sorry, yeah. No, it's, it's okay. adding up. It's incredible. Time flies so fast, but you still remember the first child I ever worked with, the first family I ever met, you know? I remember it all. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, and and w while you've been doing this for this many years, there have been people working alongside you, and some of them, as we said, for more than two decades. So we're so thrilled to be bringing you four more people today that we're going to share with you. I want to remind everybody that this show is meant to be interactive, so if you want to give a shout out, ask a question, you absolutely can. We are live right now on YouTube, we are live on Twitter and on Facebook. And we are live about 19 other places, as well as podcasting to every place where you get your podcast. We are the number one pod autism podcast in the world right now. And so we are that because of you guys. We appreciate you tuning in, telling folks, sharing, uh, subscribing, and reviewing us. That's what makes us number one. And we hope that you will continue to do that. We, I also want to mention our homepage, autism-live.com, another place where you can go. There is a chat. It's not an interactive chat, but you can leave us a message and we can answer that on a, on a subsequent show. So Dr. Grampichet, our first guest on the Who's Fabulous show, uh, who's been fabulous for more than 20 years, is an amazing young woman. And I'm going to have you well, and, and she is very young, but been working in this field for over two decades, uh, which again is a conundrum. I think that working with kiddos is what keeps you guys all looking so young, uh, <laughs> is the thing. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about our fabulous Denise Ryan. Denise Ryan. I can't wait for her to join us. Um, I, gosh, Denise is, you know, Shannon, as the years have gone by and there are more and more people who uh, join the senior club because they, you know, the 20 years passes. Um, then, the, then I feel like there's a group of people who are from the original senior club. So <laughs> Denise would be one of those. And those folks are the people who are the closest to me, I guess, because 
at some point or another, I, I um, was their direct supervisor, worked with them directly. Now, uh, Denise is a special education itinerant teacher. She is in our uh, Fairport office, Rochester, New York, Northern New York. Um, she used to actually work out of our New York office and she can tell us a little bit more about all of that, but she has had so many different roles at CARD and has always contributed in a million different ways. Uh, and, and one of the major ways that she contributes right now is that she uh, deals with all of our continuing education requirements for all of our board certified behavior analysts. Denise was actually a, a BCBA pretty early on as well herself and she um, carried and managed a lot of the work that we do in New York, uh, both in Manhattan as well as uh, the northern part of New York and she is a dear dear friend and colleague to me and I'm very very excited to have her on our show so let's welcome her out. Denise Hi. 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 Yes. Yes. years, two months and three days by the way <laughs> oh my god, see that's what I mean, Shannon. And good lord, Denise, you seriously have not changed at all. My god. Oh, how nice of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So can you tell us uh kind of your journey? How, what brought you to card? Let our viewers hear all the stories. Oh sure. Oh, sure. Um so I was going to school for elementary education in New York, and summers I worked at um an agency in New York and found I found autism my freshman summary of college. And it was from then I needed to do anything I could in that field. Um, so I was going for elementary ed. My school didn't have special education, but I did all of my uh, papers and everything on, on autism specifically. My professors were very confused. Um, by the way, I didn't do very well in the class that was for ABA. I, I actually had to take that twice. My professor told me to get out of the psychology field, but here I am. <laughs> um, so then I graduated and moved around a little bit and came down to New York and I had to make a decision um, on what I was gonna do with my life because I kind of didn't wanna teach anymore. And then I found CARD. And I said, this is, this is what I have to do. I started off as a therapist um, in the Hartsdale office down in New York, and um, then soon started traveling and helping people with workshops um, in the Canada area and some of the other states in New York. And then uh, I opened the Rochester office, the Fairport, New York office um, in two or 1999. And then, um, I moved into the training department and I've been mentoring our clinical supervisors, our new BCBAs coming to the company uh, for quite some time now, as well as assisting with all the continuing ed credits that um, you were talking about before, so. That's amazing. And um, Shannon, I don't know, Denise, have you, have, are we still on the same site in Fairport or have you moved, have they moved? We are. We're in the same building, just we moved to a bigger space. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Shannon, have you ever been to that location? No, so here's the funny thing. All I want to do is to go to that location. And there have been many times that I, in fact, there was a time when, because, you know, I used to teach in upstate New York, um, yeah. teach college, and I've been, I've had the opportunity to go back and teach a couple of times. And I, I'm always like, I'm going to, I'm going to go and be there. In fact, there was a period of time where we were talking about, we were two years into intervention here in Los Angeles. And it looked like there was the potential of a teaching job back in upstate New York for me. So we were talking about moving. And I don't know if you remember this, Denise, but I called and said, should we do this? And you said, I believe it was you, I'm almost 100% positive it's you that said to me, your kiddo is doing well. It, unless you absolutely have to dig in, stay there, fight for your program, do your 40 hours and get it done. And we did. Otherwise, I would probably be living very close to you, but not have, you know, you know, and because who knew back then wow. you were very honest with me and said New York did not have the funding that nope. I was going to be giving up a whole lot of things. Plus, I was going to deal with snow getting to the center. Um, <laughs> and, and you told me, look, we have a great place here, but you're already someplace. And if you don't have to leave, 
But since that time, there have been many times when I've said, look, I want to come to the, the Rochester office. I want to be there. That's like old stomping ground for me. Um, you need to I, come out. <laughs> I know. And I've never, and something always happens, uh, during something always happens where that's the thing I get moved to go someplace else or whatever, but I, I have lots of friends and family in that area. And I, I, every once in a while, somebody will call me for a while. We were running a commercial that my husband and I were speaking on a radio commercial and people from Rochester would call me and go, is that you on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> But I've never actually been in, in the office. We've talked about me coming and doing something with your baseball team that's there. Oh, yeah. April. Yeah. Like, the it just things. doesn't, it's like it's cursed. Every time I go to come, there's a snowstorm or there's something. It just doesn't happen. But I snowstorm, want to. Yeah. yeah. We so need I to have, have the number. Oh, I'm sorry. Just well, want to say ahead. we need to have the host of the number one autism podcast here. That's we have to have that. I want to come. So I have a lot of really, really good memories of that location, mainly because Denise used to just run it perfectly in my mind. Like, and I have to say, uh, so first of all, you went into that clinic and there were, there was a whole wall, which was like handprints or pictures that, that kids had done. Mm -hmm. So it was very right off the bat. It was like a very welcoming location and it was all about the kids. Denise uh, was the first, and I want to say probably only card clinic where she brought in and developed an entire speech department. Mm -hmm. So we had speech therapists who were also providing um, help for our kids out of that location. And that to me was a fantastic uh, thing, a win-win. And unfortunately, this was before there was adequate funding, especially for speech. But it is one of those things that I've always kept in my mind and thought this is something we need to do because I think um, Denise was able to establish a really collaborative relationship between the uh, ABA supervisors and the speech pathologists who worked there. Um, and so that was a wonderful thing. The other thing I wanna say is that uh, Denise had established the most incredible collaborative relationship with the school districts and the entire uh, education uh, uh, resources in, in Northern New York. And in fact, to the point where they would come to luncheons that she would hold and we would have the opportunity to tell them all about our kids and what they're doing. They even like co-sponsored a, um, a, a conference that we did up there. Um, there was a huge involvement with the districts. And also, I, there's so many things that come to mind. <laughs> oh my. Also, I mean, we, we, taught, we did a lot of different types of things. It was almost like that center uh, was one of the sites uh, because Denise was there, we could pilot a lot of different ideas. And uh, another thing was that, as you mentioned, the baseball uh, team there, but we had really good uh, PR with the entire community. There were lots and lots of events that Denise's folks were always involved with. So they were recruiting good therapists. I knew when I, when I go to a site or when I used to go to these sites and I would um, I could have a conversation with all the employees, the BTs, you always had a real clear feeling of who is happy or who's really in, right? And I always, always had a very, very warm feeling from all the BTs, the behavior technicians, which, which meant that it wasn't like an event they had put together for me. It was that they were genuinely happy. They were genuinely loving the kids they worked with. The, the, they were genuinely dedicated to the work we do. And that's, I think, all a reflection of you, Denise. Oh, and it, it really is. I mean, I even remember, I even remember um, one time coming out to do a training with your staff and we did like games all day long <laughs> with your staff. And it was the funnest day ever. And but they were like, they were so happy in their positions. And and Shannon, as you know, 
having happy behavior techs and supervisors just makes all the difference. I, I can remember that um, when we would come into the to the R card office for my son's therapy and for um, clinics, that there were always these newsletters that mm -hmm. were from the Fairport office. And I was like, look at this, this is so amazing. I think that's part of the reason why we were, you know, like, we we're like, look, look what they have going on there. We didn't have a newsletter at that point at our center, but I think that newsletters became a thing at all of the centers because yours was so good. Yeah. It was such yeah. a good oh, thing yeah. for the family. I remember that too. I've always had great staff underneath me when I was running the Fairport office. Very dedicated, Lisa Schrader, who's now an RM, and Katie DiRamundo, who does like everything in operations around. Um, you know, I've always had really, really great staff that are super dedicated, and a lot that aren't with us any longer, but um, super dedicated to CARD, to me, to the mission, to our kids, to our families. It's just been wonderful. Yeah, that is, I'm glad you mentioned those folks because they really are some some talented people. But I think, Denise, you had a lot to do with that too. Not to take away from the fact that both, both of the folks, Lisa and Katie, are some of my favorite people in the company. But, you know, I think uh, you had a lot to do with grooming them and kind of keeping them around and helping them go through a lot of hardship because I know, you know, things have changed and have not always been easy. And those folks have great resilience and great dedication. And, and I think you're a big part of that as well. Not to mention, Shannon, it's not an easy job keeping our continuing education certificate <laughs> in place and approved by the board. And Denise manages to kind of pull us out of the mud every time we do something wrong there. So thank you for that as well. We appreciate that. I want to thank you, Denise. It's been not just on behalf of CARD, obviously, and all the hundreds of kids that you've helped, hundreds of BCBAs that you've taught, but also I'm thanking you personally as well because it's been uh, just a very heartwarming and comforting feeling knowing that you're on the other side of the country and holding up our boat so or our ship now and yeah. um you know i love you it's been a joy seeing our kids grow up together and uh our, we've been through lots and lots of phases of life and it's all been fun and uh, thank you and i just think you're you're an incredible value to card and to the field of autism. And I hope you remember and recognize that because this, the reason we're doing this show is because I want you and the other few folks who have been here so long to understand, like, you know, we, we all kind of fall under this umbrella called CARD, but each of you have made such significant contributions to making that umbrella. And you're a big part of that. And I want you to always remember that. Thank you. Thank you. You're the center post of that umbrella, Doreen. I mean, I wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for you and what you created and, and have allowed us to do. Um, it's just been absolutely amazing. And yes, absolutely. Our kids growing up a few days apart and all of that. It's just, it's just been amazing. As a leader, as a friend, um, I thank you. Love you. Love you too. Thank you, Denise. On behalf of the families, thank you so much. And you have a beautiful, blessed day. You as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So uh, wonderful to see her. Yeah. Our next guest uh, is Rebecca Lewis. Tell us all about Rebecca, Dr. Vantichay. Oh, it's nice that we have Rebecca. Rebecca is one of the folks, there are a few folks at CARD remaining, Shannon, who are uh, very, very active still in actual clinical uh, provision of clinical uh, treatment, right? Because the uh, a lot of the, the folks that we're honoring have moved into different positions. For instance, Denise, who is now providing training or mentorship uh, and others who come later today and tomorrow as well. But with Rebecca, she is one of the people who has uh, spent a, you know, 20 years uh, actually on the field working with kids. She has a lot more years with direct contact than any of us. 
And so I, I think she, that, that just hones your skills and makes you a much better uh, therapist, clinician as a whole. Um, there was another person in the group who I really wanted to bring on as well, two other people actually, who, but they're camera shy and they didn't want to come on, but they were also folks who had been kind of very actively engaged with the kids as, a, as assistant supervisors or that type of uh, direct contact position. And so Rebecca um, is someone that, you know, I think is a fantastic clinician. She knows I have uh, selected her in previous years to do, to take care of some of the families who I am very close to and care a lot about. And I think to this day, she's one of the few people who really, really has the ability to listen to families very, very well and adjust her style and kind of take care of every level of functioning child. So I'm real excited to bring her on and honor her. I am not seeing her though. I don't know if she's not here, if she's running late or I'm, I, but I'm not seeing her. So we actually have a minute until she's here um to to continue to talk about her and about these amazing people in the field i can't imagine you started to say you said she's been working on the field and i i thought you were going to say on the on the carpet because so many of our therapists you know it's not the whole time in sessions but they have a lot of times uh especially with the younger kids they have to be willing to get on the floor um and that's that's a young person's game usually um, but not always. And, um, you know, I, I find that a lot of people as they move up, it's part of it is motivated. What I see anyway, and I'd love to get your opinion on it is that they want to be able to help more kiddos that when you're on the carpet with a kiddo, you're one-to-one -one with them. And that is an, a very special relationship. But if you then can teach it to another person, then you can be mentoring four people at a time on the carpet with those kiddos. And then if Definitely. you can, is that the thing? Is that what That's, motivates that is you guys? That is very true. But here's, here's another interesting perspective or the way that I look at it. You know, so we all kind of start out doing therapy, right? I mean, I did therapy at UCLA for years and you love the therapy that you're doing, but at the same time, it's exhausting is very exhausting. Like if you are an active participant and you are rewarding the child and managing the child and running after the child and different children and so on, you get exhausted. And you also have kind of your own uh, life uh, trajectory, I guess, which is sort of for me, it was like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to apply to grad school and I'm going to get my master's and I'm going to get my doctorate. And yes, I love this field. Um, and uh, I'm going to stay in this field, but at the same time, I kind of, you know, you move from being a direct provider of individual care to a supervisor, and then maybe a mentor, a trainer, a whatever it is, right? You move and you give up that position that you had, which was direct interaction. Now, some people and uh, you know, we, we, they, uh, like one of the ones who, who decided not to come on, but I want to honor her anyway, Jennifer Parks. Um, some people stay therapists, remain as a therapist for 20 years. That is, a, I think, a whole different level of dedication. That's a whole different level of love because you basically decide that you love this particular thing so much that you don't care about the other stuff. You don't want to get your education or higher pay or move up in your career. None of that matters. You just want to be doing this because that momentary direct interaction is so reinforcing, right? And I will say Rebecca is one of those people because she uh, she's not a BCBA. She's not a supervisor. She's an assistant supervisor at CARD, but she's spectacular. She honestly, I would say, does the job of both supervisors and therapists. And she can go back and forth as fast as she wants to, and she can manage all of those things. And having worked with lots and lots of different kiddos, she's learned also a lot about kind of the medical side, 
the dietary side. So she's she's a very, very good clinician, and I, I really, really respect her dedication to the field. Amazing. And perhaps she's been held up doing therapy. We don't know. We'll maybe see her later. But we do have waiting in the wings our next guest, who oh, I've heard right. you say wonderful things about, Lisa Bancroft. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Lisa. Oh, where do I begin? So Lisa, oh, I love Lisa so much. Uh, I have brought Lisa onto some of my toughest cases and she has uh, charmed the families and taken over and then helped their kids. Cause you know, Shannon, one of the most important things uh, with our kids is that we have to, uh, we have to develop a relationship with the family to the extent that they will actually do what we ask of them to do, right? Often it's harder for the parents than it is for the child. And I would say one of the things that I admire the most about Lisa, not only does she have a very, very wonderful, detailed, excellent understanding of ABA, uh, but she is also uh, probably one of the best listeners when it comes to parents and interacting with families uh, and I can tell you, I, the, some of the families that Lisa has uh, taken care of uh, were not easy. They were not easy and they had a lot of different issues going on, uh, both with their child and with their, their own lives. And, and I can tell you honestly that Lisa uh, was able to manage and help the family system as a whole uh, and give the family back hope and show them how to take every day and every step one at one, you know, gradually and to appreciate. And she has made immense, immense strides with some of our kids just because she is able to think outside the box and in, in, their, in the problem solving of their therapy and also because she actually does have also a very, very good understanding of medical issues, particularly dietary issues. And uh, she has helped a lot of kids in that way as well. Let's bring well, her on. Yeah, let's get her in here so she can be thanked up and down. There's Lisa. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Wow, who are you talking about now? <laughs> you. Well, thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's such a pleasure it's, to have you here. Um, I don't know that, Shannon, I don't think you've met Lisa. Have you met before? Have, yes, we have, like on some of the retreats. <laughs> not long enough, that is true. <laughs> yes. But I hear such great things about you always. And one oh, of thank you. you know, many people say great things about you, Lisa. But of course, Dr. Grampichet says nice things mm -hmm. about you behind your back. I you should know that. Good. I'm, I'm, indebted you. To you. I'm indebted to you for the number of patients you've taken that I've kind of begged you, Lisa, can you please fit this in? And you've always- I have it. to say, I always enjoy those calls because I love taking the challenge and it's fun. I, yeah. I like Doreen was mentioning, I enjoy getting in there with the parents and really working through some of their extremely dark days and trials and tribulations that they're having, you know, in their family with their children. Um, but I enjoy it immensely. I loved being there for the parents, being there for the children, being there for the staff and supporting everybody as oh. one united. So it's really fun. It's fun. But that just speaks to me about confidence, because I think the reason why you enjoy those sticky things is that you have the confidence that you can navigate them out of it. And that's what I hear about you, that you are so good at going in and, and helping people that, you know, to understand what they need to do to be partners with you to help their child to make progress. That's a big, that's a big deal, Lisa. I think there's a, there's a lot of pieces, like Doreen said, you know, first, you know, I'm a mom like you guys, and I have three teenagers, uh, and I have two children that um, had epilepsy. So, I've seen the medical side of things as well. And like Doreen said, some of the dietary and a lot of different things have happened in, in my own family. So, you know, 
even prior to that happening, I was still, I think, able to effectively help some of, you know, the families. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's just, you know, bonding with these people and really helping the family see different ways of being. And if one way doesn't work, it's okay. We're going to try another and letting them know there's not ever going to be that block. Like if yeah. some, if we come up with a plan and it doesn't work, we're going to do another. And if that doesn't work, don't worry. We're going to figure out another and always giving them the hope that things are going to continue to get better. And really it's small steps, but small steps lead to, you know, a ginormous leap, you know, over time. And it's one of the things that I talk to about my family members when I first, you know, meet them that we're like kind of a married couple together now. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna be bonded and we have to trust each other. It's huge. And you're not going to like everything I say. And, um, but we're going to have to work we still have to be respectful with each other and try our best. And I'm not going to make you do something that you're going to fail at. Like if you say, I can't do that, then I'm going to switch up my, you know, thought process and problem solve and figure out, well, what can you do? What can we do that's going to make it better and, and help your, you know, family system work better? Um, because that's a, that's a big block that I see with the parents where, you know, yeah. a supervisor might say, do this, but in reality, the family saying, okay, I will do that, but then they really can't execute it, right, when we're not there, and so, recognizing that is a major feat because if you talk to them and you say, okay, tell me how you did it while I was gone and they can't really give a logical answer, you know, we've missed the spot. Um, and I haven't maybe, you know, it's too much for them or whatever it may be. So we have to just readjust, replan, re-problem solve and get to a spot where they, they can do what we are talking about. See what I mean, Shannon? I do. I want to be. I, mean, I don't even have to explain why she's so good. Oh. You know, no, honestly, uh, Shannon and I talk about without any, with, with no disrespect, but we refer to our brand new BCBAs as our baby BCBAs, right? And the and the the difference is in. in it's not just in the technical content. It's not just the, the knowledge of the technical content. It's not even in the years of experience with direct interaction with the kids. It's not, it's, it's all of that. Plus it's this, it's all the things you learn over the course of 20 somewhat years. And, and also just like having the ability to be a true clinician which is really everything you just talked about and you said that's these are the traits of an incredible clinician and I, I admire you for that it's hard it's a hard balance because you know you're looking at skills you're looking at q a you're looking at you know reports and you're looking at insurance stuff and you've got all this stuff in your balance and then you're trying to help staff that are having crisis family having crisis children that are their behaviors are spiking and you're trying to fix it all. So it is, it, it, it gets tricky and sticky, um, but you have to do it. You have to persevere through and figure out what comes first, what's the most important and just go straight down the order and get it all handled and managed. So we have not heard your card origin story. How did you come here? Oh, it's kind of a fun one. Mm -hmm. Um, well, Renat has the same one as me, so uh, I don't know if you guys have spoken to Renat Madelon, but okay, so I'll tell it first. So I was at UCI. Um, I had always been, I had already worked in a preschool. I had worked in a school called Mardan um, for kids that couldn't necessarily be in the school district, had special needs, not on the autism spectrum, um, but you know, schizophrenic that can't be diagnosed with schizophrenic and super ADHD and children that had been sexually abused, those type of children. And I thoroughly enjoyed working with that population of children. I'd always been attracted to that, um, loved the work so much. Meanwhile, I was at UCI and in Orange County, there was not a card site because this was in like 1994, 1995. <laughs> Yeah. And Doreen had sent Kathy Thompson down to UCI. They had started a pilot program. 
um, with some families, the professors of UCI that had children on the spectrum. And I was one of the first people that Kathy Thompson trained. Um, and that was it. I stuck with CARD forever. Um, I started with a family and we, you know, started working out of the homes with many families in the Irvine Teston area um, and then hired into CARD. Um, and then the Irvine office opened, yeah. which doesn't exist anymore. Um, so that's how I started with CARD. So it was really in 94, 95. Yeah. And I want to say that it was, uh, you know, how that came about, Shannon. And of course, uh, uh, some of our viewers might know uh, a, a very um, amazing attorney who worked out in Orange County, Maureen Graves. And she was uh, very responsible for a lot of a lot of families in Orange County getting funding back in the early 90s. And she was um, advocating for them and also even, uh, you know, going to hearings and helping them get funding. Because in those days, if you remember, it was only uh, school district mainly. IEP, mm -hmm. yeah, school yeah, district. Some regional center funding, which was limited. But... Uh, Maureen was very involved, and it was actually Maureen's husband uh, who was the professor at UCI. And they then set up this course and talked to me about whether or not we could. And I was very interested in doing something and teaching, having courses, because this was the model we had at UCLA, where we had courses, and the course would, the first course that was a, a didactic version would then lead into practicum and that's exactly what we did and it was a fabulous a very successful program I would say we actually uh, several of our wonderful I mean the, the training they got I, I think was by far the best training we've ever given in the, in the entire history of card it was an amazing training I would have to agree it was and I mean it was Kathy Thompson too, yeah. you know, she was, she was out there with her hours hand training us, you know, two at a time. Um, Renat and I would sit there and Kathy would literally like, it was all hands-on, 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 hands-on. Yeah. And so she just shaped us to perfection. Uh, and we, we knew what we were doing in our sleep. It was just, you know, yeah. like clockwork and you know, also be, during that Doreen, which was very fun during that time, there was a lot of um, programming that was being developed as well. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fun being part of that. We could be in a clinic and we could be developing something that's now active in skills. Um, so it was, it was very fun. And I've always loved that side of it too, being able to have the confidence to be like, well, I don't like that. So I'm going to do this because this is what my client needs and just make up my own program and pop it in for them because that's exactly what they need. And that's, that's fun because I was trained to be flexible like that and trained to just think on the fly and create something if it wasn't there that was needed. So. And also, I mean, this is way before the field of behavior analysis really existed, right? ABA per se did not exist. It, we this was before the BCBA credential existed. We all were. I was trained in behavior modification at UCLA, right? And I was then passing on this training uh, to to Kathy and and all of the folks who worked in the '90s. And it was not called ABA, and we did not use a lot of the techniques that are being used now. They had not been developed yet. And so as Lisa's pointing out, we were really developing a lot of the lessons. Then we were writing, you know, someone would come and say, oh, you know what, I realized this child does not have the ability to talk about something from the past. Oh, let's write a lesson where we can give him visual cues so he can remember what happened in school that day. You know, those types of things. And, it, and then we would write these lessons, as Lisa said, and then we would spend... Uh, retreats, uh, kind of putting them in order and figuring out what goes before what and how, what's the order of things and how do I work? Exactly. All the forms, all the development, all the parent training, all the training for our staff, all of that stuff is was being written up during these years by Lisa and Kathy and Renat and all these folks. 
it was a vi- it was vital it was vital to what was the pulse of what was happening at that time i mean i you know there were so few children diagnosed at that time compared to what we see nowadays um yeah. and it was just it was just beginning to flourish so um it was so necessary um, and like you said, every child was so different. They'd come in and have their own things that we would need to teach and their own deficits and their little holes here and there. And it was, yeah. it's been, it's been a fun ride. So it has been, been, it's been a wonderful, and I, I want to thank you for being there the whole path and like every single thing that you've contributed to the field as a whole, Lisa. I mean, you've uh, recovered a lot of kids. You have held a lot of families together and, and helped their children get to uh, the highest points they possibly could. You've uh, contributed in, in many, many more ways than I can imagine in training people and writing policies for us and teaching and mentoring and modeling. Um, and, and also, uh, I just love you. Um, oh, thank before, you. Before before the show, I was telling uh, Shannon was like, I don't know if I've met Lisa. And I was like, she's one of our best clinicians. But really, I admire you. I think so highly of you. I'm so glad to have you in my life. And um, I think that you're you're just brilliant, a brilliant star. And I'm very, very uh, lucky to that you came to CARD and that we ended up uh, our lives ended up joining. So I want to thank you on behalf of Card and myself. Love thank it. you. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to thank you too. And and once I saw her face, I was like, oh, of course, but I'm I'm getting old. <laughs> and faces and names. There's but, a but lot they, of but us everybody now, talks Shannon. about you. Everybody <laughs> talks about you all the time, Lisa, about oh, like thanks. You know, so when I hear the name Lisa Bancroft, I just know like, you know, the top of the top. Yeah, um, but now you. I put the now I can put the face and the name together, and now it all makes sense to me. <laughs> but I but I would like more time with you um, because I think you're just the things that you've said are the things that we all need to hear. I I think parents, caregivers, hearing how you're talking about if something doesn't work, we'll try something else, and that it's and it's not our fault if we can't do something. It's just, no, just it's such not. a compassionate way of being. Yeah. Um, Shannon, Lisa would be a great guest for the PTA. Yes. Yes, there'll be a call in your future, <laughs> madam. One uh, more yes. request. Always Sorry. gifting me more jobs. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because you're not doing enough. Uh, 20 years, 20 plus years, not enough. That's right. We'll press you into more service. Lisa, you're amazing. And thank you on behalf of all thank of you your guys. family. Thank, thank you, you so much. Uh-huh. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Uh, I'm so glad to get to see these people. I miss them so much, you know? Well, and, and silly me, because I think, you know, I knew her first name, but I didn't realize that was Lisa Bancroft. And so now now I know, now I know. And I don't, I don't see our, our next person uh, yet, Elaine Herrera. I hope that she is coming, that the word has gotten out, the people be where they're supposed to be. Uh, But I know that they're also working with kids. So we'll see if she shows up. But I think one of the takeaways for this program in this series that we're doing, Dr. Grampiche, for me is, and for our caregivers who are watching, and really for everyone who watches, because I know sometimes we have adults who watch and, and we have people who have not yet started ABA. I love this because I think you get to see the people who are dedicated and what kind of people, you know, our, our kids are our most precious thing. And when people talk to people who know me and go, I cannot believe that you allowed your child to work with so many complete strangers. And I will tell you that was hard for me. But once once you get to know how passionate these people are about helping your kiddos, they don't feel like strangers anymore. They feel like part of the family. They're part of the solution. And um, I couldn't look at them as strangers. They weren't strangers. They, they were yeah. there to celebrate everything that my kiddo did. They helped prop me up when I couldn't do it. They taught us. Oh, my gosh. And I think, you know, sometimes people think, well, it was just my little team of people that we had. And here are people that I don't get very much interaction with, and you can see how amazing they are. That's, yeah. I, I think that's got to give some people some hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Shannon... 
you know, it's, uh, for, I, I just, first of all, I enjoyed listening to Lisa because just like her maturity level is so tremendous. And, and Denise too. I mean, all, all of these guys who have been around for so long, they have a very different perspective, right? And I can tell you that uh, when you see, sometimes you have, and I wish, honestly, I wish I could have gotten on the show a couple of the people who are still therapists after all these years. But when you see, them working with a child and you see them just the joy in their in their reaction to the child doing one imitation when you see that you know you have the right person and you know you can trust this person with your child because they're the the way they they love the child and what the child is is accomplishing is incredible you know and, and so I think that it's just really, really beautiful to see these supervisors and actually they have so much to contribute. And, and you know, if, if our next uh, uh, contestant shows up, please cut me off. Our, our next contestant is having some difficulties connecting. Okay. So Traven is working with her on that. And, and at the moment we don't have her. We had her, we lost her, we had her, we lost her. So we'll, we'll see. Traven, maybe, maybe she's on safari. <laughs> she's on her uh, phone is the issue so he's oh, helping her to connect via her phone right. so um i think that that's what the what the issue is yeah. but yes we've had some we've had some safari problems i don't know if you i don't i don't know if i've ever told you the dream that i had dr grand right yeah. when, right around the time that i was starting to work at card as i was getting ready to work at card i had this dream that i talk about on the show from time to time and basically I was leaving an office and I packed up my stuff in the office and was walking out into a parking lot. And as I got into, and I'm, so I'm holding like this box with a plant in it and everything like the stereotypical, I'm done with this. I'm moving on to something else. And I was standing there in the parking lot and this um, car in the dream pulls into the parking lot. And it was uh, the top was down and there was this woman with wild hair driving this car erratically and she rolled the car. And, oh and she God. fell out of the car. And as she fell out of the car, she was rolling with this ginormous coat. And every time she would roll, a baby would fall out of the, the coat. But there were people in the parking lot. And as I, I know, I have very vivid dreams for somebody who doesn't drink or do other things. right? But every time she would roll and a baby would come out, someone in the parking lot would grab a hold of her, roll with her. And as she would roll away, they would be left with the baby and she would keep rolling. Oh and then God. another person would grab her, roll with her, have the baby. And she kept rolling and rolling and rolling until she landed at my feet. And wow. at that point, I could see that she was me. And, wow. and she looked up at me and she said, oh, my gosh, did you see what happened to me? And I said to her, oh, my gosh, did you see how many people's arms you were in? Wow. And I and I woke up and, and, and it, right. And I woke up and it was this feeling because it was I, I said to you the other day that I, when I started to work at card, I realized how I just thought it was the therapist. I didn't realize how many people's arms I was in. And it was sort of my head trying to find a way of languaging that to myself that even while we had been through this thing that while I was experiencing it, I thought it was traumatic. I didn't always recognize how many people's arms I was in. And it's something I talk about on the show with our families that they don't know how many people are up at two o'clock in the morning thinking about them, thinking, oh, yeah. how can I help that mom in Kansas? How can I, you know, yeah. do this? What can we do to help those families that are in India? What, that there are bright minds coming up with these things. And these yeah. are some of the people whose arms you have been in, you guys, and you didn't even know it. Because you were doing something and Lisa Bancroft was up at three o'clock in the morning coming up with a program for her kiddo that is now being used for your kiddo. So right. isn't that a like a great way of looking at it though, that whose arms you're in? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the other thing that I often think about is that with a lot of these senior folks, the folks who've been at CART for 20 plus years, aside from the fact that they have pretty incredible resilience and they're extremely flexible people, they're very um, humble people, all of these folks, because none of these folks have ever been kind of like, 
oh, you know, it's important to me what title I have or what position I have or whatever it is. You know, there's, what is that poster that says, uh, you know, kind of lists all, the, says none of these things matter uh, when you die, you know, and, and what you've done for other people's lives is what really matters. And you look at all these people and they're tremendously talented, incredible individuals who are not just brilliant clinicians, but they also know this company, know CARD better than anyone, right? They've been here over 20 years. But you're never going to hear any of them say, oh, why, why was it that I didn't become such and such or this or that? They just continue to find joy in helping the next child and the next child and the next child. And it is tremendous, the effect they have on, on the world. It is. It, I personally know that. Now, uh, Elaine has tried several times to connect. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's say nice things about her behind her back in case it doesn't Absolutely. work. Tell me, tell me about uh, Elaine Herrera. Oh, I wish we could uh, bring her on. So Elaine, of course, is one of those folks who has been a supervisor for a very, very long time. She has been helping hundreds of families uh, at CARD. She always, she, I honestly, Shannon, I don't think Elaine has ever complained about a single thing, no matter what uh, change occurred in her site, which she was working out of the Torrance area. Um, no matter, you know, policies that would affect all supervisors, policies that would affect families, policy changes that would affect scheduling, whatever it was, Elaine was always flexible and went along with it. And she has a very uh, calm, loving demeanor. Uh, and it would have been lovely to have her on because she's also one of those folks that brings a very, very uh, peaceful, calming, don't worry, I will take care of it uh, kind of energy to the families. And I will say, uh, Elaine has been involved both, both as a therapist and as a supervisor with uh, many children who have recovered and have done extremely well. And she's also been involved with giving great support to families, uh, kind of parents who really, really needed uh, just to, to know that there's a, a village of people taking care of you. Elaine has always been there. It's it's amazing. I, I would I would love to know her exact dates because it's amazing that she's been uh, practicing as a fantastic clinician for over twenty years at CAR. These are incredible gifts, you know. That this organization is just so lucky to have. Oh, we might have her on. It looks like she's there. Elaine, are you there? Or are you frozen? Oh. We can see her for a second. It's just a tease. Yeah, uh, maybe we can, we'll see if we can uh, arrange a different time for these folks who aren't able to join today. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, well, she was there and now she's gone again. Bummer. We saw her for a second. Um, and what an amazing uh, thing, you know, to hear you talk about her. Would have loved to have talked to her. And, you know, she's back. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Elaine, oh, we see you, I see you blinking. We can Are you see there? You. <laughs> oh my gosh. And here's another person who, by the way, looks exactly the way she did 20 years ago. Hi, Elaine. She can't hear us. We're waving to you. Can you hear me? Blow her. We can hear you. We can hear you, but unfortunately, it's one way, I think. You can't hear us, huh? No, it doesn't. Look I can good. hear you. Oh, you oh, can. can hear you too. <laughs> You too. That's wonderful. Welcome. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Elaine, tell us. It's and I and I already sang your praises uh, while you were trying to get on. But um, tell us how you joined Card and how how your journey has been. Okay. Um, many 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 years ago. Um, so I started off in Irvine, the original Irvine office, and I think we only had three offices at the time, or maybe it was the second card office. And at the time I was attending Pepperdine uh, for my master's program, and they were literally right across the parking lot from each other, the campus. 
yes. and the office. And I was in a, a behavioral theories class and um, my professor had invited some of the supervisors and one of the kids to come to the office. And so they actually did therapy with this kid and I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, honestly, it wasn't anything I was looking for. I was looking for a job. I knew I wanted to work with kids. I knew I wanted to go into the psychology field. I was working towards my MFT license. And that's ultimately what I wanted to do was just do some counseling with kids, but not any particular population. So I guess you could say card found me. Um, yes. And then, uh, so, I, so I was working in the Irvine office and then I moved to Virginia, worked at that office, the one office that they had for a couple of years. And I was the only therapist that they had um, for a little bit and then I came back here and I worked at the Woodland Hills office and got to work with Doreen, Dr. Grafiche, um directly for a little bit and that was that was nice um, just for a few months and then they opened up the Torrance office and then I was at the Torrance office for I want to say like 15 years maybe wow. and I'm at the Lobby's office now well this is my home office but um, I am a group clinical manager working with Long Beach Monterey Park and Harbor City. And actually, I made a list of all the offices that I've actually worked with at card and I added up uh, 12 <laughs> altogether. But mostly working at a Torrance. And so, so Shannon, it's also, I love to hear that because we just were, Elaine, talking to Lisa Bancroft, who was also at the Irvine office. And, you know, I remember that office so well. It was right across the street from the uh, airport. It was on Nicholson. And, and so many very, very talented people came out of that location in particular. Kathy Thompson, of course, was responsible for a lot of that. And, um, and then all, when you went to Virginia, I assume at that point you worked with Marianne and perhaps Sue maybe, uh, yeah. also incredible seniors. And see, this is about, it's like once you're, you are, and, and that, this is the thing with the seniors, I find, Elaine, and you tell me what you think, but I feel like when you're here that long and when you were here when we were so much smaller, it just, you're, you're such a big part of building something, right? So like so many of the things that we made back then are still being used, and that kind of gives you a whole different sense of it than just being like a supervisor company with 400 supervisors. Yeah, it does. I People always, they ask me how long I've been working with CARD and I always joke because I don't want to tell people my age. So I say that I, I was born and raised at CARD. I, I, I grew up here, but basically we grew up together. Yeah. Like CARD, okay. CARD and I started as little babies and, and we've grown together. That what a privilege to have you uh, working with our kiddos. We are just about out of time and I hate to leave because we haven't had very much time with you, but you need to go back and watch this show and see all the wonderful things that Dr. Grampiche said about you, Elaine. She said but, lovely. Uh, I want to thank you. And I, I want to thank you. And I, I just want to say, I know that this group clinical manager position is, is a relatively new role, but you know, you've always been someone who has mentored and taught a lot of other people. And I'm glad that you're in this role right now because I feel like the supervisors in all of your sites have a lot to learn from you and they're gonna be benefiting from your experience and your wisdom and everything that you can teach them. And it's so lovely to see you. I haven't seen you in ages and I'm so glad that we could get you on the show to honor you and to thank you for so many years of dedication. Well, thank, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank this you on behalf of all the families. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, Dr. Grampiche, uh, another, uh, and we've got more of these shows coming up because there's more people, but it gives me a warm fuzzy to know that each and every one of these people is out there touching lives. There are families that have the benefit of their knowledge, and that's a wonderful thing to know that people are in their arms. What a lovely, lovely thing. And as always, we want to thank you, and we'll be back with, with more of these shows in the coming days, but thank you in your birthday month. All right. Uh, so we'll be back. Uh, and until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>